Welcome to the Best of the Quests, the podcast where we dive deep into the minds of today's most talented fantasy authors. I'm your host, Peter Roberts, and each episode I'll be interviewing a different author about their creative process, inspirations, and the stories they've brought to life. So come join me on a journey through the imagination as we explore the world of fantasy literature on the Best of the Quests podcast. Over the last month, I've learned a lot about how to promote a book, how to engage with the community, and how to use some of the features on the site. For those people who are interested, I'm going to talk more about that at the end of the podcast. But first, I want to introduce the guest. A lot of people who are familiar with Raw Road will know who this person is. He's basically a legend on the website. So I'm just going to talk about two of his books that stand out. Vancouver the Dragon was his first big success and on the list of the best completed works on the entire site it sits at number five. It runs to about 460,000 words and for context that's as long as the first four Harry Potter books. He followed this up with a book called The Perfect Run that sits at number two on the list of best completed works on the site so it's a huge achievement. The Perfect Run also is about 460,000 words. He has 18 books on Amazon and is still writing a web serial called Apocalypse Tamer. So what sets his books apart from the others? The tension, great pacing are both things that people have commented about. One of the most important things is it was finished, it was completed. It's something that Maxime talks about in the interview, but a lot of Royal Road is about reputation. Readers are going to join in your story knowing that they're going to be rewarded by it finishing. The completion rate for stories is typically quite low. Now, we don't talk about it too much during the discussion, but from a business point of view, Maxime has really crushed it. His Patreon is really well-funded, maintained, and updated. His readers know that he's going to keep delivering, and they support him. His Amazon goes really well as well. His books are super popular, and he just keeps writing more. I'll be honest, it was a little bit overwhelming trying to prepare to meet and speak to Maxime because he's just done so much, and there's so much knowledge that he could give to the community. But I found out that, you know, he's just the most down-to-earth and humble guy. So I hope you enjoy the discussion as much as I did. What I wanted to start with is, um, you know, uh, how long have you been a writer for? Or how long would you consider that you've been a writer for? To answer your questions, there are two answers. Uh, the... First answer is that I have always written uh, books, but uh, that goes back, you know, to my teenage years. Like I started with fanfics, and uh, eventually I moved to blog uh, to blog stories. But I've only really become a professional writer where I publish and live from it. From uh, I think it's, it was uh, 2000, uh, 2018, 2018, 2019, right before the, the COVID crisis. So tell me, could do, was there a point when you thought to yourself, you know, there must have been some uncertainty when you started writing and, and posting and publishing? Was there a specific moment when you thought to yourself, I can actually do this? This this might actually work. Uh, it was, I think, in two, 2017, because at this point, you know, there was a worm, you know, the, 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 it's what, one of the first massive web serials. That came out, and the writer Wilbo managed to to write post by post and uh, earn a following and uh, live from it. So that's when I thought, okay, but if he can, if he can do that, maybe I can do the same. That's when I started, you know, to to get more serious about writing. I started publishing on blogs and 
try to, to publish my work. But I only really uh, started to, to, to realize, okay, I can live from this when I published Vanker, which was, I think, in uh, 2000, uh, 2018. And uh, that's when, you know, it started to, to generate an income through Patreon and Kindle that, uh, okay, that I said, okay, I can, I can actually, uh, I can actually do this. I can actually be a writer and live from my, uh, from my craft. It took me at least, yes, uh, I'll say six to eight months to actually generate an income that told me, okay, I can actually, uh, I can actually from it. It was, a, it was a marathon, I would say. What did Royal Road look like when you started in 2018 and, and how, how quickly did people sort of find your writing and, and for it to be popular? Uh, but I actually started writing before Railroad. I started first writing on a blog uh, of my own creation. I, I did it a bit like Wilbo. It was something called Disasedia. It was my very first uh, semi-professional story. But uh, the, the problem is that when you write on a blog, uh, besides writing, you have to focus on SEO, on the optimizing search results, etc. It's extremely hard to, 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 to get that attention. So after a while, and the fact that I uh, I was writing it for a month and I had like one or two readers, I said, okay, maybe I need to, it will be better, you know, to, to go to a platform. And uh, I repackaged my, uh, my, my first story as uh, Magic Online, which was my first serial on the railroad. And my first series flopped. <laughs> Magic was, uh, wasn't really working. So I took a step back. I wondered, okay, what the problem was the thing and... Uh, as I read other books on the platform, uh, most of them were liter pages on that, uh, that say still are uh, one of the major uh, major genres in the in railroad. I ended up seeing a lot of cliches that uh, I, <laughs> that I was amused by, and uh, I ended up writing uh, Vanker as a sort of semi-serious um, semi-serious uh, satire of the, the genre. Uh, I first started writing it on the blog, but it didn't get traction. So I put it on railroad afterwards, and uh, it exploded, and I uh, it started my my career, so to say. In those sort of early days when it exploded, obviously, I guess you're more you have more motivation to keep writing. So how many words were you writing a week, and what did your week look like? You know, when you at your when you were really pumping out a word count. I think it was around the same schedule that I have now, which is three, uh, three chapters a week around. Upgraded to four at one point, but uh, it was unsustainable uh, in terms of health and stress. Basically, my, my week was like, uh, at first, uh, when I didn't earn any money, it was uh, just uh, you know, struggling to, 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 to keep a roof over my head. To, I ended up, you know... Uh, Writing, uh, writing in the morning, uh, uh, sending it to my um, to a corrector, you know, to so he could give me feedback as a proofreader. Uh, then reworking the chapters like two times, two or three times sometimes, and then uh, updating it on railroad, answering commands, etc. Writing four chapters a day, I was basically, you know, uh, waking up, uh, working, eating, sleeping, and then uh, repeat the process uh, on and on. Which was, uh, which ended up, you know, giving me some stress-related issues, especially with uh, the desire, you know, to keep up with the Patreon because, you know, it's uh, even if it's unhealthy for my, it was unhealthy for my health to to keep that 
uh, that, that schedule. Uh, I was afraid, you know, that patrons would leave uh, just when it was picking up, that, uh, you know, I would uh, miss my chance. It sounds like you're balancing quite uh, a few projects at once. So how many active projects are you working on at the moment? Um, I would say that at one point I was writing two novels at once. For now, I'm uh, only writing Apocalypse Timer. It was uh, an attempt of me to try to focus on one long story. Uh, but on the side, I'm also working on a webtoon uh, with artists. And uh, there is a video company I'm working with as a narrative consultant. And uh, I'm also preparing like the after uh, Apocalypse Summer, after my current series. So I'm doing research, uh, um, that writing pilots to see what works, what sticks, what I would like to write. or Because between the idea I have for a series and oh, uh, whether I will actually enjoy writing it or two worlds. So uh, yeah, I'm not... The, the, there's also the administrative work, like I'm, as I said, I've, I've created a company to manage my uh, intellectual property, so that takes some administrative stuff. Uh, so no, I'm not, uh, I'm not just writing, uh, writing novels. No, the, the more time passes, the more I'm starting to diversify yeah. in terms of uh, properties. You said, you know, before. Obviously, some people have some ideas or you have some ideas and do some writing that you're not happy with. How many projects have you started and disregarded? How many have ended up in the trash can? I have... Uh, uh, you mean between projects that I published or projects you know that I worked on but that never saw the light of day? That's the one I want to hear about, yeah. <laughs> How many, where are the ones that never saw the light of day? Does that happen uh, frequently or are they still there somewhere with maybe some hope? I have a, fold, a drive folder with uh, basically only one-shot ideas or pro, uh, potential ideas, you know, and there's like uh, 50, 60 of them. That's uh, enormous. I have a uh, lot, you know, a lot of things are like just an idea that I have or a pilot that I work on, but I end up not being satisfied with, or something that I just don't have the time to write no, or not the experience, but there are a lot of, uh, yeah, you have, have dozens of projects that, uh, of pilots, etc., sitting in my uh, Google Drive. Maybe some of them I will revisit, others were just experiment, and I don't think they would work out on their own. That's, you know, that's ex it's exactly why I want to speak to you and the other authors, because we, you know, people who are trying to uh, explore their own writing abilities, we need to know these things because <laughs> all we see is, uh, you know, you have a lot of success, you've got some great reviewers and you're able to live all, you know, in all of these different places and write. But we need to know that you have a, a drive of 50 to 60 but, <laughs> projects that didn't work. I'll say writing, makes us feel writing is a bit like gardening, you know, you have a, you have a plant and you have to cut, uh, to, to, prune, to prune out a lot of, uh, lot of, uh, lot of branches. For, for one story or book that sees the light of day, there are nine or ten others that are uh, that were ever discarded or sleeping in the in the, the, the waiting list. I wanted to ask you a little bit about how you know. Obviously, the landscape of publishing we could probably talk about for a long time, but over the last sort of five ten years has changed drastically. You know, the the way that things were done versus the way things are done today. So Royal Road and the web serial publishing model, when do you think that reached its peak? And what does that look like now for new authors who are trying to use that 
um, as a way to gain a, a profile and share their work? Uh, I'm not even sure we've reached the peak of uh, web writing because web writing is uh, still very popular in the you know the, the first Asian sphere. That's where it started. Uh, then it became more mainstream in the English uh, Anglo-Saxon world huh? in United States in particular. I mean, when you look at continental Europe, uh, where I'm from, uh, website writing etc. is still very uh, something very underground, like. Most uh, many writers I'm exchanging with, uh, they're uh, you know they're Swiss, they're French, they're uh, they, they come from very different places, but they all ended up on railroad because there there was no platform in their own countries to write in their own language. So many of them wrote in English instead. So I'll see, I'll say that uh, uh, web novel and uh, online writing still has a large. Uh, large, uh, long way to go to, to become more mainstream. So I don't think we still have reached the peak. But to go back to, to the evolution of this landscape, I would say that uh, when I started, it was, uh, there was, there were no, um, little to no, like, professional publishers like Ayton or Podium that basically pick up uh, artists from railroad or uh, other platform and then publish them on Amazon. That was almost unheard of, but uh, no, this is become be, there are more and more uh, more established companies, you know, that shop authors on this platform, uh, trying to get them published. So I would say that uh, it's becoming easier and easier to, to become an online writer, especially since margins are more interesting than in uh, traditional publishing. So uh, I'll still say there is still a lot of room to grow. Uh, things are accelerating because there are no more uh, more companies active on the market. But yeah, it's uh, for for people who want to become online writers and novelists, I would say try your luck. There's never been a better time for it between Patreon, between Kindle, between many alternatives, even like Tapas. It's becoming more and more feasible to make a living from it. And you really don't need a lot to start. I mean, the platform is so user-friendly to allow you to get started with even a draft of your idea and just go from there. And, you know, you don't need to have hours and hours and hours a week free to craft the perfect piece of writing. Yeah. There's a lot of people out there who want to read more rough drafts of things, right? But I want to say there is more, they want to read more rough draft, but when you're, the people on railroad are more tolerant of uh, stories that don't end. Like, you know, I, I know some series that goes on for five years and they, they, they just don't end. Uh, unlike, you know, more um, more traditional, uh, more traditional public, and they are more tolerant of things like, you know, an update like uh, once every three months for uh, a techie hiatus or uh, uh, maybe that story starts but it doesn't get truly finished. That's like for... Uh, I'm actually somewhat... I want to say that someone to run a writing railroad is that I finish series and then I move on to, to, to another. There are very few people that do that uh, on the, the platform for now. So, yeah, a lot of people who are, you know, afraid of something to binding in terms of creation, uh, they can easily make a, try, try it out on railroad uh, without being uh, forced to, to, to conclude things. Because, you know, you, you can still make a living yeah. from it, from Patreon or the like, even if you don't finish the content. For new, many new aspiring writers, it's very comforting that uh, 
no, you don't have to finish a book uh, before you can actually be paid and live from it. You're right. That's a, a one of the things that I hadn't thought of. You, the pressure to have a completed piece of work would set so many people back from, you know, trying to have their own writing journey. But with Royal Road, you don't actually need to do that or when you're publishing a web serial on any platform, on, on Wattpad or anything like that. Yeah. You can really just get started and um, and practice your craft and, and get that valuable feedback that you need. There's also the... Uh, I also had something that it also removes the perfectionist psychological pressure that you have in more traditional publishing. Because I'll give you an example. I have... Friends, you know, who are writing their own book on the side, but um, they are, there is so much pressure. They, they put so much pressure on themselves to create like a complete, perfect book that they end up uh, rewriting their own. Uh, they're never truly satisfied with what they create, so they keep going back to it and rewriting it instead of uh, of just publishing out there. And uh, by the advantage of publishing post by post, which is chapter by chapter is that you have uh, you get more recent feedback and you become, I would say, more tolerant of uh, imperfections and failures. You, you, you realize that it's part of the process. And that's, uh, I think that's an understated but very powerful psychological barrier. The, the, the fear of failure, you know, of being criticized or all that, is very strong uh, with aspiring writers and uh, platforms like Railroad really help overcome that by confronting yourself with uh, with the readers more directly and more quickly. Let's imagine there are some people who are listening to this and maybe they've read your writing before and they're thinking about publishing something of their own that they've written. What, uh, what are some things that you think are really important for them to bear in mind? I would say that keep in mind that the... What to say that, that the people who are coming here to read on railroad, they're used to having stories that last a long, uh, long time. And if you want to, to, to keep a following, or at least a consistent following, like on Patreon, where you need people to stay like a month, uh, month after month, you need some consistency. I'm saying that because I haven't done that. I, uh, as a writer, I'm someone who have was really experimented with genres. Like I started with a satire, I ended up writing an oral novels and a sci-fi. But the result is that each time you have to recreate your audience, so to say. Uh, and when you conclude the series, the audience moves on. So the temptation is very great for many authors to just continue writing the same series uh, for years on end because it's uh, it's what creates a large pattern. So. If you expect to make a large living from Patreon or at least it's uh, you, you better go in knowing that you will probably write the same novel for a long time. Uh, otherwise, it's almost inevitable that you will have to go to Amazon to keep living from it because uh, once uh, people have finished your stories, if you finish it, they are going to move on. Uh, so it's better to, to, to publish the book on a place like Amazon if you want to keep uh, lights afloat. So what I'm saying is that you have, you generally have two types of writers. You have writers, you know, that try to create many different stories and many different books. Uh, in this case, Railroad is more like a starting point uh, where you publish your story, you get a following, you receive feedback, etc. And then you 
publish it on Amazon uh, once it's finished to, 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 to keep benefiting from it. Uh, and the second is that you, railroad is your focus in general and uh, you, you want to keep publishing, etc. But that means that you will probably have to write uh, for, for a long time. Uh, the second thing I would say about community management and living from writing is that uh, you must start expecting not to live from it. Uh, it's better if you do that. I say that because it took me like six, eight months before I could leave from my writing. Like my first story wasn't really good. Next time, the next one was uh, was better. I've had ups and downs. If you go in expecting to to just uh, drop your uh, your work on the first month, it's possible. There are some who have done that, but um, in general, it's better. It's a marathon and not a sprint. I say it's like you know, in good times, prepare for the bad and. Uh, in bad times, uh, wait for the good. Okay, here's the part. Here's the part in the podcast when I get philosophical about writing. So, feel free to skip to the end to hear about statistics if you like. My main takeaway from this discussion is about knowing what to write. It's something that both writers have talked about so far. I think there's a line in the sand for a lot of writers between what you passionately want to create as you know a form of art or what needs to be done from a commercial point of view to make you make writing viable for you. I don't think those two things are mutually exclusive. And there have been several different pathways that we've already discussed on the podcast. So for example, in this podcast, we heard Maxime say that he's tried several different genres. And the drawback was that each time he released a book, he had to go and find a new audience and some of his audience members dropped off. So audience retention is definitely something that a lot of writers have to think about. Going back to the first podcast with Nixia, his path was to create an audience and try to take them with him as he moved on towards not different genres, but an evolution of his writing within fantasy. The other option, I guess, is to plant your flag and commit to one genre. As Maxime said, if you find something that people like, there's also the option of just continuing to do that for as long as possible. And I see that as more the kind of fiscally responsible route if you just want to print money and give people what they want. If you're a writer and you're listening to this, it'll be great to know what stage you're at in your own writing evolution. If you're a reader, then do you follow authors that jump to a new genre? Or would you just prefer the authors that you love to just keep producing content? At the end of the day, I think you just have to do what's best for you. It's your journey. Okay, well, I'm quite excited for this part. These are the statistics for Champion of the Small Gods. So I posted the book on the 11th of March, and when I did the last podcast, it was ranked 6,600th on the website. And today it's ranked 405th. Last month, the book had 12 followers, and now it has 830. It had four favorites, and now it's got 110. And there are around 100 ratings, which currently puts the book at 4.7 stars. So a month in, I didn't think that I would be in a position to give any kind of advice about what to do, you know, to have success uh, on Royal Road, for example. But I have learned some great lessons that I want to share briefly. Firstly, review swaps. I did around 40 review swaps. So that means I went onto the forums and I invited other authors to read my book in exchange for me giving their book a review. 
I did about 40 review swaps. And sometimes, you know, you have to read about 10,000 words or 15,000 words of somebody's fiction. So it ended up being a lot of late nights. Secondly, using the header and footer around your chapter to get engagement. One example of this that I used is to give readers uh, the stats that I had for followers or for reviews and then ask them for help to grow those stats. And then in the subsequent chapter, giving feedback and making that a community effort. So what did my posting history look like? Week one, I posted two chapters a day. In week two, I posted one chapter every day. Now at the end of week two, I hit the rising stars list and I decided to burn five more chapters of my backlog because I wanted to have more content for people to read on rising stars. Would I do this again? Absolutely. What I wish is that I just had more chapters so I could keep releasing one chapter a day throughout the whole period. Here are the lessons that I learned over the last month. The title of my book, I actually added a description of what the book was. A lot of people are doing it on Raw Road and I decided to go for a slow burn fantasy epic. Now I'll, I'll get to why I did that really soon. I was really happy with the cover so I didn't feel like I needed to change it. Now the blurb of the book, I actually added another section below it which you can go have a look at where I went into more detail about what people can expect from this book. In addition to this, chapter number one, in the header, I put a further explanation. Now, the title, the cover, the blurb, and the header, I tried to align all of these things for one reason. What I wanted to make sure was that if somebody had made it through these four checkpoints and still got to chapter one, they were fully aware of what they were about to read. So I set their expectations. I decided to go with a strategy where it wasn't about the number of viewers that were looking at the book. It was more about getting viewers who were going to enjoy the book. Now, there might be people who disagree with this strategy, but for me, it's really worked out because the number of views versus the number of followers is quite high for the site. So I'm going to chalk that up as a success. What do I wish I'd done differently? Uh, I wish I had 25 extra chapters to put on Patreon. I won't go into too much detail about this because in the next episode of the podcast, we're talking to somebody who's absolutely nailed the financial side of releasing as a serial. So I'm excited to share that with you then. Once again, thanks for listening. It'd be great to hear your feedback on the episode today and some of the topics that we've discussed. The best way to do that is to head to Royal Road and join the community there. Or alternatively, come and join the discussion on the Peter Roberts Books Discord server. This has been the best of the quests with Peter Roberts. Peter Roberts.